0: Okay, can y'all hear me now? <laughs> let's try this one more time. It's why you have to go on early so you don't have those kind of mistakes. So let's see. Can anybody hear me now? i give you a moment to get caught up. They said they can't hear, they can't hear, no sound. You're right. Yeah, I think somebody says, there we go. All right, so let's do this like we're going to start all over again. (laughs) All right, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Fellowship of Champions Church International. We are so excited to have you join us this morning for E-Church. Today is Pentecost Sunday, and we believe that something supernatural is going to happen because it always does when we get into the presence of God. I was saying before, uh, you guys couldn't hear me, but I was saying that I really hope you had a chance to join Pastor Chris this morning uh, for worship because uh, she did such an awesome job. But one of the things that she did is that she sung one of the one of the songs I just absolutely love when she sings it. Uh, I actually probably enjoy more when she sings it than the actual person who sung the song first. Uh, that's not a slight to them. It's just I love when she sings it. Uh, It was a song about no weapon formed against us prospering. And I was saying, you guys could hear me earlier, that in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 16 and 17, that when you begin to uh, read that scripture, it is amazing. If you think about why no weapon formed against you is going to prosper, because in the scripture, what it says is, it says, look, I am the God who created the blacksmith. He says, not only did I create the blacksmith, but I gave him the breath to blow into the coals so that the coals can get hot so that he can then put the metal into the fire and forge the weapon. He says, and not only that, but I even created the person who's going to try to use that weapon to destroy you. He says, but don't trip. Don't worry. He says, no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Why? Because I am the person who created the blacksmith. I created the blacksmith. I gave him the breath. He said, not only did I gave him the breath, he said, but I, I gave him the idea about the weapon. I allowed him to create the weapon. He said, but none of that is going to come against you. Why? Because when you're in me, I am the creator of all of that and I control all of that. And if you read verse 17, he goes on to say, he says, And not only will the weapon not harm you, he said, even their words, when they rise up to condemn you, he says, I'm going to allow you the strength and power in me to condemn them. And then he says, and this is the heritage that you have in me. And so whenever I hear Chris singing that song, I just get so excited because it reminds me that no matter what we're seeing in this world right now, no matter how crazy it is. And I know you're aware of all the protests that are going on all over this country. And I know that you, you, some of you've been stressed in and, and everything else, but listen, I'm telling you, it was the perfect song. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Not when we stay in God. And so this morning on Pentecost Sunday, I want you to be encouraged. You hear me? I want you to be encouraged. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. All right, you guys know what we do every Sunday morning. Pastor Shun is just about ready to come in and get started. She's going to be talking about the honor of obedience. But before she does that, let me go ahead. I'm going to get uh, Instagram started. So those of you who typically like to jump over on Instagram, uh, we'll do that for you. I'm going to do that. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get everything started on Instagram. Uh, as you know, uh, we come and start there and then about an hour, it keeps us off. So we'll start over. Uh, so, so let me get in place to do that. You know what to do. Go ahead and, uh, go ahead and get started. Let us know where you're from. Uh, tag some people, have them come in, uh, share to the groups that you're in. If you have permission to share, this word is going to be dynamic. This morning. is going to be designed to change your life. Uh, and we want you to, to get this word and we want you to share with everybody who can. As a reminder, uh, we do some weekly announcements. Just want to remind you, this is basically how our uh, weekly services go. We have opportunities for you to get involved and to participate. Uh, it starts on typically on Mondays and Mondays at noon. Uh, for those of you, you can come and you can join on Pastor Sean's page. You can join Mindset Monday. That happens at 12 central. Uh, and then on Tuesday nights, you can join us for corporate prayer. Corporate prayer begins at 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, one, of our, uh, one of the people on our prayer team will be leading that prayer. Uh, you can join in. If you have prayer petitions, you can send those in in advance. You can message us uh, via the Facebook page or our webpage and let us know that you have some specific prayer. We'll be praying for that as well. Then on Wednesday nights uh, at 8.30 p.m., Wednesday nights at 8.30 p.m., Central Standard Time, we have Bible study, Refresh Bible Study with Pastor Raphael Marlow. Uh, he's been doing some dynamic teaching, uh, and so I encourage you to come and to join us. Uh, it's about an hour. He's really good about sticking with about an hour, so uh, don't be late. Join him. Uh, he'll get you out right on time, but I'm telling you, that hour in the Word will, will rejuvenate you and change your life then, of course, on Sunday mornings, we have Pastor Kristen Valley. Uh, she comes on via her uh, personal page called Kristen Valley Worship. Uh, that's her worship page. And uh, I'm telling you, it just sets the mood for me. You know, I'm, 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 I'm missing everybody. But when, when I get into to worship, it feels like we're all there together. And then, of course, right here uh, on this show at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, we have either me or Pastor Sean or, or both of us or who knows, maybe somebody else at some point uh, coming and sharing the Word of God with you. And so those are our weekly announcements. We'll uh, partake of those. We encourage you, those of you that are here uh, locally, stay connected. Those of you that are virtual partners, uh, we ask you to to do the same thing. Uh, by the way, if you want to be a virtual partner, simply let us know. Just let us know you want to be a virtual partner. All you have to do is go to www. Uh, focchurch.com forward slash, uh, I think it's hashtag, hashtag connection. connection. Uh, uh, somebody, somebody may you put, put that in the group, group or I'll do it later. If, if you, you want to be a virtual partner, you can join us you and you can be a virtual, virtual partner. All right. right. I, think I think that's, that's all of our announcements for this, this morning. morning. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to, excuse me for just a moment. I'm going to get Instagram started and then Pastor Sean's going to come. So that way, all the people on Facebook and Instagram uh, get to see her at the same time. Uh, and then, I like, maybe I'll be back at the end. Maybe I won't. If not, I love you guys. Have a great day. Uh, but I'm going to go and get set up so I can help with production. Okay? All right? Let me get that started. Let's see. All right. I'm out of the way. <laughs>
1: Hey, 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 good morning, good morning, good morning, it's Pentecost Sunday, somebody come on and give the Lord some praise, hallelujah, glory to God, he is worthy to be praised. We got our Instagram family, we are a little late joining over there, but if you want to jump on Instagram, we're there. Big shout out to Pastor Edwin, who runs production and does the introduction in the mornings, Look, we're super excited about who God is. We're super excited that today is Pentecost Sunday and um, we just expect God to do some big things. And so um, I don't want to belabor the point. You know, you know what I want you to do. I want you to tell me where you're watching from. Um, I want to get into the message today. And so, you know, um, yesterday, Clarissa sent me a, a thing and said, do you know what the title of the message is? And I kind of put, I was kind of like, nope, I don't have a clue. I don't know. And then I thought, oh, I'm just going to continue on what it is that I have been talking about. Because a couple of weeks ago, I talked about how important it was for us to understand how the enemy um, uses the pride of life, the lust the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye to get us to sin, which is to miss the mark. And so, um, you know, I thought that it was important to talk about honor um, and um, the honor of obedience. And she created a flyer and, you know, and then the day progressed. And anybody who really knows me knows they're not really shocked by that because one of my hearts is always not is to go beyond teaching a good message. The word is alive. The word is relevant. So, I mean, it's always going to work. But what I always want to know is what is God saying? in the moment, in the now, and all of that, right? So the thing I want you to do is that um, the the administration team, don't worry, all your scriptures work, but I am going to change the title a little bit because Pastor Elwin began to talk to me about how it was Pentecost. And um, and this is still going to tie into obedience and honor, but the title of it is going to be a little different. Um, because I think in relation to things that people have asked Pastor Strickland and I over um, the last 24 hours, the way that people have asked us to help them find solutions and stuff, um, I just really tried to hear God about what the title, what the how this this language, which direction we should go in. So I'm gonna tell you that um, today the title is a little different. I don't know if they can change on the thing, but if you, I mean, it's not gonna matter what the title is, right? But the, the title of the message today is the gospel is both protest of and liberation from oppression. So the gospel is both a protest and it's liberation. I think that that's a very relevant topic considering the landscape that we're in right now, considering the number of people that we see who are impacted by racism, the people who are frustrated, aggravated, tired, traumatized, stressed out, And I believe that it is very important for us to know that God cares about oppression. So can you turn and tell your neighbor, God cares about oppression. I think that's very important for us to understand that God cares about oppression. And I was thinking that anybody who knows me, you had to know that this morning I was gonna have on my Black Lives Matter shirt. Because when the Bible says that for God so loved the world, that includes black people. So God is deeply concerned about what happens to black people. He is deeply concerned about oppression. He is deeply concerned about systematic racism. He is deeply concerned about police brutality. He is deeply concerned, therefore we should be deeply concerned. So I'm going to pray and then I'm going to tie this in the Pentecost Sunday and what the Lord has been speaking to us and, and, and help you understand how this is still the year of great harvest. Um, and I'm so thankful that Pastor Edwin gave us that word of alignment, agreement and advancement. And so and, and it's the year of great harvest. But how many of you just believe that some of that harvest needs to be a breakthrough? It needs to be a breakthrough in some of the things that systematically continue to oppress black people. And so if you are a Christian and you are not concerned by the oppression of black people, our Christianity is not the same. I said what I said and I'll say it again. If you are black, if you are a Christian, if you proclaim to love the Lord Jesus Christ, And you are not deeply concerned about the oppression of black people, our Christianity is not the same. All right, so everybody take a deep breath. You know, I've been talking to you about how important it is for you to take a deep breath. Let me tell you what else I think you ought to do. All of the people who are like, white people who said, I want to know what to do. You ought to tag them in this video. They can come, they can sit. Black people who've been struggling with anger and trauma, tag them. We can come and we can know what to do because the scripture has spoken to us about how to respond. This Now, before I pray, let me say this. Some of you are already getting nervous because you have been brainwashed into believing that this gospel of Jesus Christ is this passive, let people mistreat you, abuse you, and it's gonna be better by and by. When in actuality, that was not the message of God, of Jesus Christ. I'm gonna show you that in scripture. I am going to show you that God cares about your oppression and God has strategies for you to overcome your oppression but your stra- his strategies may not be your strategies because the Bible says his thoughts are not our thoughts, neither are his ways our ways, but how many of you know that his ways lead to victory? Amen? So I'm going to pray. Most Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that today is Pentecost Sunday. We thank you that this is the Sunday when we stop and we remember that the Holy Spirit invaded the earth, to indwell all born again believers. We thank you that when the Holy Spirit came, he came with language and with power. So we thank you that we have not just been called to speak in tongues, but to speak, speak language that produces and releases power. Father, you said that anytime we can see here and understand that we will be converted and we would be healed. So we declare that today is our day of healing. It is our day of conversion. Father God, for those of us who consider ourselves to be radical, bring us into conformity so that we are radical like Jesus. For those of us who consider ourselves to be passive, give us Holy Ghost boldness to have the courage to stand up and do the things that you would have us to do. We come against the spirit of racism because the spirit of racism is a demonic, satanic spirit from the pit. So not only do we deal with the systems that exist in the earth realm, but we come against it at the root in the spirit place and we apply the word of God to it and we command that it fall in the name of Jesus that it bow down for there is a name that is above every other name. And at that name, every knee shall bow. So we command racism to bow to Jesus as we take our place in partnership with God and do the works you have called us to do in Jesus name. Amen. Listen, you already know I'm already fired up, but let's just try to walk through these notes that I have. Today is Pentecost Sunday, and it is the day that we celebrate the Holy Spirit's invasion into the earth realm. Invasion is a war term. It was the release of heaven on the earth. God gave us a supernatural advantage to be able to deal with the works of the devil on the earth. So we thank God for this day because this day is not just the day. To speak to say, Oh, we can speak in tongues. The Bible says that the Holy Ghost came, and when the Holy Ghost comes, there is power. Somebody shout, power. There is power. That is that must be power to be able to overcome life's challenges. And how many of you know that racism is like one of life's challenges, right? So what I want to do today is to show you based on scripture, not based on my opinion, based on scripture, that the gospel of Jesus Christ is both the language of protest and the liberation from oppression. I'm going to say that again, that the gospel of Jesus Christ is both the language of protest and the liberation from oppression, including racism. One more time. The gospel of Jesus Christ is both the language of protest and the liberation from oppression, including racism. My heart is to show you that God deeply cares about racial oppression and that he expects every believer to care as well. Every single believer. I will use scripture to show you that Jesus was not just our Messiah, but an activist who worked intentionally to dismantle oppression and bring people into liberty and that he used the same power of the Holy Spirit that we have access to today. I will show you using scripture that Jesus did not just liberate you for you to go to heaven in the sweet by and by, but with the expectation that you would partnership, partner with him in the work of activism and liberate people through the power of the Holy Ghost. I will use scripture to show you that God's strategy for liberation is not passive or quiet, but it is always done in love. Amen. That's what we're going to talk about today. That's what we're going to talk about today. Now, understand that in order to walk through this, these scriptures and come into alignment. Pastor Edwin keeps talking about alignment, alignment. It's important that we come into alignment with God, with His plans about what it is that He desires to do. It is important that we come into alignment. That means that we come into, we shift from where we are into his perspective, right? A lot of us get afraid when we hear that because we've only been taught about love as this passive, bow down, get kicked in the stomach, get hosed. And so we don't understand that love is a power source and I want to show you that. But I want to start because I think we have to start by looking at what Jesus actually said when he was released into ministry. So we're going to go to Luke 4, 1, and we're going to read for a while, Luke 4, 1 through verse 21. And I want to encourage you to get your Bibles out, to get your Bibles out, right? Let's start with Luke 1, verse 1 through 21. It says, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost, somebody say Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, if thou be the Son of God, command this stone be made bread. And Jesus answered unto him saying, it is written, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And the devil, taking him into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power I will give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will give it. If thou wilt therefore worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered him and said, Get behind thee, Satan. Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And he brought him into Jerusalem, and set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee, and in thy hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. And Jesus answered him and said, "Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God." And when the devil had ended all temptation, he departed from from him for a season. And Jesus returned to the in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out fame of him through all region around and about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. As his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and he sat down. And all of the eyes of the synagogue were on upon on him. And he began to say, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Now understand what's happening. We're getting a look into the life of Jesus. This is the onset of his ministry. And the first thing we discover is that he was full of the Holy Spirit and he was led by the Spirit. So God's desire for you is for you to be full of the Spirit and to be led by the Spirit. Yes, we have problems. Yes, we have issues. Yes, we have situations that need to be addressed. But in order to get any real victory in a situation, as a born-again believer, we must be full of the Holy Spirit and led by the Spirit. Then we must understand that the enemy is going to tempt us. I talked to you guys a couple of weeks ago and said to you that the enemy, when he tempts us to sin, which is to miss the mark, he does it through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Basically what he does, remember I told you this, he works to get you to come out of your identity, to believe a lie about who you are. He works to get you to doubt the love of God. He works to get you to doubt the goodness of God. He works to get you to doubt the faithfulness of God. So basically every plot and plan and the strategy of the enemy is to dismantle what God has said about you and make you doubt what God has declared about himself. So Jesus says, here is how you overcome the work of the enemy. You have to be led by the spirit, full of the spirit, and know the word of God. You have to be led by the spirit, full of the spirit, and know the word of God. Right? He models for us how to overtake this missing of the mark. Specifically, when we talk about this challenge of racism, this sin of racism, this demonic oppression called racism, this systematic oppression called racism, when we look at it, it is easy to be angry. It is easy to be angry. It is easy to hate those that hate you. It is easy to get into a place of hatred. But what Jesus begins to teach us is that there is a way to do warfare so that we emerge with victory. Notice what Jesus shows us. In verse 18 of Luke 8, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Now, we use that scripture to talk about how God wants us to be prosper, prospers. We use that and connect that to 3 John 2. He wants us to prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers, right? Your soul cannot fully prosper if you have financial freedom, but you are being oppressed by the color of your skin. So it says he came to preach the good news. What the gospel is good news. What's the good news? That what used to have dominion over you, what used to be able to hold you in bondage, you have a way to exercise authority and dominion over it, right? One of the important things to understand about Jesus is that Jesus was a liberator and Jesus was an activist. What do you mean, Sean Strickland? When Jesus saw people were blind, he liberated them from blindness. When people were hungry, he liberated them from hunger. When there was a divide between Jew and Gentile, he died on the cross to liberate racial bro- um, racial brokenness, racial divide. Jesus was a liberator. The heart of heaven is to liberate humanity from the works of the devil. If you do not identify racism as a demonic act, you will not engage with it properly. In 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. In one translation, it says just carnal. It doesn't mean that we don't use natural things. It means that we don't depend on just natural things. Is this making sense to somebody? It's important to understand that every act of freedom, every act of healing, every act of resurrection, every place that Jesus broke oppression, he did it for out of love for the people and not hatred of the oppressor. Oppressor. I'm gonna let us say law I'm gonna drink it, take a sip of water. Every act that Jesus did, he did it as love, an act of love towards the people oppressed, not an act of hatred toward the oppressor. When we look systematically at the things, the plights, the offenses, the attacks against black people, it is easy to get into a place of hatred. But if you operate from a seemingly legitimate place of hatred, you end up being on the same level as your oppressor. You basically become your oppressor. Jesus shows us how to dismantle the works of the enemy and not become like him. See, you need to understand that the enemy very strategically wants you to get so offended that you will disregard your born again commitment to walk in love and you will be okay with cursing people out on social media. You will be okay with saying F the police. You will be okay with saying inappropriate things and you will feel that it is justified. And yes, when we see it at a flesh level, we all like, man, I feel that, but just because we feel it doesn't mean that God is pleased with how we are operating. So if in 2 Corinthians, it tells us, it tells us that we are to cast down strongholds, One of the strongholds that we have to cast down is that the only way to overthrow this system is to be as hateful and as full of hate as the people who operate in the system. He says, no, in fact, let's go to Matthew, the 22nd chapter and the 37th through the 40th verses. So that is why we have to be committed to this position of operating in love. Again, I need everybody to type this, say love is not passive. Love is not passive. I am not asking you to be quiet. I am not asking you to shrink up in a ball. I am not asking you to pretend like nothing is going wrong. I am asking you to check the source of what is driving your protest. I am asking you to check what's driving you are you being driven by the spirit of god are you being led by the spirit of god or are you being led by something else that seems it seemed like it ought to be cool in matthew 27 through 37 through 40 it says hearing that jesus has silenced the sadducees the pharisees got together and at one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with the question, saying, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus answered, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second one is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these commandments. Jesus comes and he says, look here, they're like, because um, Moses was given 10 commandments by God. And then all the religious rulers came up with another 613 laws for people to follow. And the people say the religious leaders, the experts in the law, they come to Jesus and they say, we see all of this. You're teaching. You're breaking the rules. You're helping people with withered hands. You're straightening up the back of the people who are oppressed and bent over. You're doing all of this stuff. So here's our question for you, Jesus. Since you say you know God so well, tell me what the greatest commandment is. And Jesus says the greatest commandment is that you love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul. Let me ask some of you this. Let me ask some of you this. And I'm not beating y'all up. I'm not beating you up. But let me ask you this. Is your love for God? Strong enough. Are you so committed to your love for God that even when you want to cuss somebody out on your social media, even when you want to say F this, F this, F all the white people, all of that stuff, do you love him enough to be constrained by him? And then he says to love your neighbor as yourself. He doesn't say don't love yourself, which is a lot of the reason that we see love in this inappropriate way, because we've been taught that this position of love really means that I love you and I don't love myself. That's not what he says. He says, love God with everything in you and love your neighbor as you love yourself. So I can't even properly love my neighbor until I love myself. So if I'm going to love myself, I got to stay in the love of God so I can get the right identity. I can get the right identity. Understand this. One of the strategies of the enemy, the strategy of the enemy, and he is coming for you, especially my black brothers and sisters. He wants you to abandon love. Because if you abandon the love of God, the enemy has you exactly where he wants you and he will demolish you with your own rage. He will demolish you with your own offense. He will uh, demolish you with a confession out of your own mouth. But Jesus says, I got a solution for this. Somebody said on IG, it's a trap. Tell your neighbor, it's a trap. It's a trap. Pastor Sean, are you telling me I should not be mad? I am not telling you that there should be anger over the mistreatment of black people. Everyone should be angered. But understand that anger, when we get into sin, becomes rage. Ephesians 4 and 26 in the NIV says it like this, in your anger, do not sin. In your anger, don't miss the mark. There were those of you that the Lord said to you over the last couple of days, I need you to get off of social media. I need you to back away for a second. You like, nope, I got to run to the fight. I got something I got to say. So you kept on reading stuff. You kept on staying involved in the media. You don't understand that God wasn't trying to take you away from social media and quiet your voice. He was trying to do the past the thing that Pastor Strick is talking to us about. He was trying to bring you into alignment so that when you spoke to this, you spoke using heaven's force and not just your rage. So if I'm not, how am I not going to miss the mark? How am I not going to miss the mark? Psalms 119 verse 11. Psalms 119 verse 11. I see y'all saying I will not be demolished by rage. It is a trap. In your anger, don't miss the mark. Is this making sense to you? in psalms 119 he says this he says thy word have i hid in my heart that i might not sin against you thy word have i hid i'm gonna hide your word in my heart I'ma hide your word in my heart because when I see some of these videos, when I see some of the stuff that people say, when I see some of the stuff that leadership says, man, I gotta hide your word in my heart because if I don't, my flesh go come out hot. My Flesh go come out guns blazing and I may actually be right about what I'm saying, but what I'm saying does not carry the force of heaven because I have gotten so offended that I have abandoned love. Now, listen, you guys know that when I talk to you guys, I'm never trying to sit like, oh my God, Sean Strickland is the expert. She got this all together and she, you know, she don't ever miss the mark. When this thing got really, really serious and it began to come out, you know, and we began to capture these things on video, things that black people knew, but now they were available to the world and we still saw people get charged and not go to jail and officers get charged and not be convicted i was so angry forget that i wasn't just angry i was pissed off and i began to be consumed by my anger and if you look at some of the posts from those years even when i read them i can tell that yes the words are factual and true but you literally can Feel the rage that is coming out of those. And the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, I need you to stop talking about this for a minute. I need you not to talk about this. So you'll notice there's a period on my social media where I don't respond no matter what happens, no matter what the president does, no matter what happens. I just don't respond. And the Lord begins to talk to me. He's like, you're right about what you feel. You're wrong about the weapon you're using. You're using the wrong weapon." And I begin to understand that when we're hearing language like, I'm so tired, I'm so sick of this, it's because we're being fueled by our rage and not by the love of God. Why? Because the Bible tells us that God is loved, God don't get tired. He keeps, no matter how crazy the world is, no matter how many times we sin, no matter how many times we mess up, God does not get so tired that he get off the plane. You see what I'm saying? So what we know, even from a physical standpoint, your adrenaline can kick in. I remember when I had the accident and my adrenaline kicked in and the adrenaline like got helped me help them get me out of the car when I was trapped and all of that stuff and for another 10 minutes after I got out the car and made the phone calls and all of that stuff. And then when the adrenaline left, I was exhausted. There is an adrenaline with rage that is a false strength. And he began to say, now I got to teach you how to do this my way. And I'm telling you that as a believer, it ought to be important to you. This is the part about honor and obedience. This is the part about honor and obedience that I love him enough that not only do I want to stand up for what's right, but I'm going to do it his way. I'm going to do it his way. Now, let's look at this, because I told you, you need to be filled with the spirit and you need to be led by the spirit and you need to have the word. So I just showed you Psalms 119. It says, I got to hide the word in my heart. This is some practical advice, guys. When the world is crazy like this, you cannot afford to put down the word. You cannot afford to put down the word. Many of you, if you stop and you're honest and you do an honest assessment, how many times actually stopped and got in the word this week as we've known about all of these incidents that have taken place? How many times have you said, okay, God, I need to see your heart on this because I'm aggravated. I need to see your heart because I want to bust somebody in the face. I need to see your heart because I'm sick and tired of this. Or did you just go to Twitter so you could be more inflamed? Or did you just go to the people that you follow on social media so you can be like, I can't believe that people still can't see that this is wrong. Let's just be honest, because if we tell the truth, then God can help us. God, you know what? As I see this stuff, I got to go back to you so you can keep me. Pastor Ellen told us alignment, agreement and advancement. It is so easy with everything we see to just get out of alignment just a little bit. And before you know it, alignment that's a little bit is way out. Pastor Ellen and I were talking about it. As we watch social media, we can see, even with our partners, that people start out with prayers for the family of whoever it is this week, you know, prayers for the family of this person, prayers for this situation. And before you know it, it's bleepily beep bleep, 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 And I'm sick of this bleepity bleep, 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 bleep. And I'm tired of this and I'm about to F me some so-and-so's up. And we always tell you that your words reveal where your heart is. Your own Facebook statuses, your own Facebook comments, your own tweets, the tweets you start to like. We make such a huge deal about the tweets that the president retweets. The things that you start to even retweet show you whether you're whether you are angry or whether you are angry and you are now missing the mark. Let's keep looking at scripture. Acts 1 and 8 amplified. I hope this is helping you guys. At the end, I'm gonna give you some steps. I'm not gonna be here much longer. Acts 1 and 18, 1 and 8. It says, But you shall receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you shall be my witnesses. To tell people about me, both in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, even in the ends of the world, earth. Guys, guys, don't let what is happening in the earth make you lose your witness. He says... You shall receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That means that you have a power and ability to still speak the words of heaven when you are dealing with something like racism. He says, and you will be my witnesses. That's one of the reasons that Pastor Ellen and I talk about when we're talking about, you know, whether you should be cussing on social media, whether you should be doing certain things on social media. That's not about whether you're saved. that's about how it impacts your witness. You might understand, you know, if I get off of here and I get on Facebook and I go, you know what? I'm so sick of white people. I want to kill everybody. Now, you may go, we understand, but if that begins to be, and I don't come back and go, I'm sorry, take the take the post down, nothing like that, then you understand that I begin to lose my witness, my credibility to speak as an oracle of God, to represent him in the earth, because now I am justifying, yes, I'm upset, but I'm now saying, because I'm upset, freak the Bible, now, because I'm upset, freak God. Because I'm upset, forget the fact that I'm called to be a witness. I'm upset. So when I'm upset, I get to say what I want to say and do what I want to do. And that's not the life he's called us to. Now let's look at John 6 and 13. It says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. This is not only telling us how the Holy Spirit interacts. He leads us, guides us into all truth. He does not speak of his own. He shows what the the Father is saying, but it's also telling us how we should act. When the spirit of truth comes, I'm not going to speak on my own. I'm going to tell you what I have heard. I'm going to tell you about the future. And Pastor Edwin and I were talking about this yesterday or the last couple of days when we were walking, all of this stuff. And I was just talking about how important it is for you to set a heart to become honorable toward God, that you set a heart to, to commit to walking in love, that you set a heart to do that because our pastor has told us this is the season of great harvest and he told us how we were gonna get there He told us that we were going to get there through what, guys? Alignment, agreement, and advancement. And so one of the things that I was saying that I think that people don't realize that in the kingdom, God gives us opportunity. He guides us into truth. And then he says, now I'm going to allow a life circumstance to let you see if you have mastered this thing that I have taught you. So now when you have an opportunity to get mad, I want to see, are you going to let the Holy Spirit guide you? Or are you going to cast off restraint because you're mad? Now, globally, guys, this doesn't just speak to racism. This is the reason families don't get along. This is the reason husbands and wives can't fix their issues. Because when you get mad, you cast off all restraint and you say whatever it is you want to say. And we've all been in that situation. There have been things I've said to Pastor Edwin, I'm about to put some this on Facebook. He goes, no, 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 no. That totally goes against your brand. You can't say that. Don't say that. Why? It goes against the other things you said about God. It may feel right. It may feel good, but it goes against everything else you said about God. He says, so the spirit of truth is going to come and he's going to guide you. Type this, say, let him guide you, let him guide you, let him guide you when he's telling you to pause, when he's telling you to get in your Bible, when he's telling you to watch a certain video, when he's telling you to unfollow certain people, he is guiding you. And one of the things that I think is so important to understand, I'm going to keep going after this, is that a lot of people are believing for a promotion, but you are not submitted and honorable. So let me give you an example. You're saying God put in my heart to run a company. He wants to give me a multi-million dollar company. Amen. Praise God. He wants me to be an employer. He wants me to create a righteous environment and employ all these people. Amen. Praise the Lord. But you can't be faithful over what you post on social media. Pastor Cynthia said the other night, if you want to know if you've been in the presence of God, look at your fruit. Look at your fruit. So many people are trying. Now, there is a principle of seed, time, and harvest. And you're like, oh, well, I'm I'm sowing for this promotion. And I'm sowing for this advancement. And I got seed in the ground. I got financial seed in the ground. Here's my question. Do you have obedience seed in the ground? How have you crucified your flesh? Because let me ask you this. How is God going to be able to trust you to run a multi-million dollar organization when he can't trust you to hush on Facebook? If your Facebook can't be submitted to him, if your Twitter can't be submitted to him, if your Instagram can't be submitted to him, how are you going to submit a corporation to him? Pastor Edwin said something so good the other day. Is this making sense to y'all? Is this making sense to y'all? Pastor Ellen said the other day, he said people are trying to harvest getting God to do what they want, but they haven't sown doing what God said. So you like, God, I'm believing for a car. God, I'm believing for a house. God, you know what? Make my name great. If he make your name great, can you, can he even trust you? If he made your name great today, if you had all of those followers that you say that you want, I'm called to make an impact, blessed to be a blessing all over the world. If he right now, if today you had those million followers, those 500,000 followers, could God trust that your platform, your media platform would represent him or do you just say what you want to say? You just say what you want to say. Do you have obedience seed in the ground? Uh, Years ago, this is funny. I hope she ain't listening. But years ago, our family went out to dinner. And Brian um, is our godson. And at the time, I don't know, Canaan was six or seven years old. And Canaan was breaking the rules. And she asked Brian if he could give her whatever the drink was. Could he pour her some of the drink? And he said, no, but I can pour you a big cup of obedience. Some of you need to pour a big cup of obedience. All right, let's keep going with the next scripture. Now, Acts 10 and 38. Acts 10 and 38. Acts 10 and 38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with great power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. One of the things that Jesus said is he says, you know, when they're accusing him of being the devil, he says, man, a house divided against itself cannot stand. How are you going to overtake the works of the enemy using the strategies of the enemy? Using the strategies of the enemy. Everybody take a deep breath. We almost done. So we have to be committed to be aligned with God. Is it hard sometimes? Yes. To not get enraged. Yes. But I will go to the rock that is higher than I. Okay, God, I'm tapped out. What would you like me to do to refuse? And in truth, when we get in that enraged state, what do we begin to do? We begin to meditate on what is going wrong instead of what God is saying. This isn't just racism, this is everything in our life. You get mad at your husband, you begin to meditate on everything that he's doing wrong, nothing that he's done right. You get you get mad at your kids, you meditate on everything that they're doing wrong, nothing that they're doing right. So when we get in this enraged state and we begin to loop, just replaying, watching the videos, we intentionally stay connected to the people who we know don't believe that racism is a sin, and should be dealt with, we, we stay connected to the people who are going Going to say that everything isn't about race and that if the if black people would just comply they would be okay we stay connected to them stay in a state of rage and then like God I'm so tired I can't hear no wonder no wonder now let's look at First John 4 and 13 then I'm going to define some terms for you and then I'm going to give you some practical steps and Pastor Edwin going to come back and teach about the offering alright Let's go to 1 John 4 and 13. Now, this is the word that nobody likes that we keep talking about. If you really are going to do this, do you know what you're going to have to get in your life? Your obedience has to begin to produce some discipline. Your obedience is going to have to produce some discipline. Most believers have a low level of discipline, especially when there is pressure on. Your obedience has to be. So if I have to make a decision that I love God so much that I am willing to be constrained by what the Holy Spirit is saying to me, even when my flesh is screaming to bust out some windows, I am going to do what God said because ultimately I want to stay in the plan of God and I want to operate from the freedom that God is calling me to operate to so that I'm liberating people and not going into bondage myself. 1 John 4, we're going to start with verse 13. I hope this is helping you, God. I hope this will help you take care of yourself, be in alignment with God. But understand this, this God, in the early part of the year, one of the things that God said to me, he said promotion in the kingdom comes from honor and obedience. And I believe that one of the mistakes that we have made in raising people up in the kingdom is that people don't learn submission. It's not submission if you wanted to do it. You understand? See, there's some things that God tells us to do we want to do. If God say, hey, you know what? You about to get a job making three times what you make right now. Praise the Lord. Yes, God, I'm in it, right? I want you to apologize to your husband for the tone that you use. Now we get to really see whether we're submitted. When God is giving to us what we already wanted, there's no test of submission and obedience. The test of submission and obedience that he's looking for us to pass is when we want to go this way and he says go that way and we say, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. Not my will, but your will. I'm willing to bow my knee. I'm willing to do it your way. Well, it looks like I'm going to lose if I do it God's way. But I trust you. But I trust you because I have all of these other times where you've come through for me. You've come through for me in every area. I know that you can help me in this if I let you. 1 John 4, 13, it says, this is how we're going to read from 13 to 18, I believe. It says, this is how we know we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit and we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God and God lives in them and they in him, and we know and rely on the love he has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence in the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love understand this goes back to what I said. If you read the gospels, you will find that the Bible says that Jesus would look out on them and be moved with compassion. So when we are responding to systematic racism, individual racism, what I believe what God is inviting us to do is not to be quiet. He is asking us to be moved with compassion instead of rage. Does that make sense? It's and, and understand that we can be moved with compassion and moved with rage and they look like the same action, but the intent is not the same because it didn't come from the same place. Well, let me give you an example. If I saw someone um, getting ready to beat up an old lady and I take them and restrain them, right? I intervened, I interacted with the lady. Maybe I even got to beat them up to stop it. But I did it because I was moved with compassion for the little old lady, not enraged toward them. We have to allow when that rage comes up, I'm not talking about bearing it. I'm saying, God, I am mad. I am angry. I am aggravated. I am irritated. Now I need you to help me to shift that feeling to compassion toward helping the oppressed, even if the oppressed is me. So that I'm not acting out of rage. It doesn't mean I won't take steps. It doesn't mean that I might not go to a protest. It doesn't mean that I might not end up in some type of physical confrontation. It means that I don't do it from the fact of being enraged. I do it from the fact of being moved by compassion. That takes discipline. That takes discipline. That takes being able to listen to the Holy Spirit. I saw some people the other day say, hey, I didn't go to the protest because I didn't think I could constrain myself. Amen. Now you're being led by the Holy Spirit. Doesn't mean you don't care about the protest. It means that you know that you do not have discipline enough. You That you in that setting, you may not be submitted enough to the Holy Spirit to do what he tells you to do. Jesus was moved with compassion. When he heals the people he doesn't heal them because of the Pharisees' bad teaching he heals them because he hurt he hates that they're in pain so compassion compassion my heart to see my children live a better world that's what compels me my heart to see the work finished from the civil rights movement that's what compels me I'm going to be moved by my compassion, not my anger. Understand, I still can say some strong things from that place. I still can be critical of systems from that place. I still can say, but I'm what's driving me. Ask your neighbor what's driving me? So he says, this world, this is not crawl up in a ball. This is not come Lord Jesus, take us. This is Lord, help me be effective in this. How can I make the biggest difference, right? Hebrews 13 and 6, it says, so we can confidently say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. And then Acts 4 and 29, because this is what love, this is what love and being filled with the Holy Spirit begins to do to us. It says, and now Lord, look upon their threats and grant your service to continue to speak your word with all boldness it's really interesting because a lot of times people ask pastor edwin and i why do we why are we willing to say some of the stuff that we're willing to say why are we willing to engage the way that we are willing to engage especially during a week like this Man, we get so many messages and emails. We get people who are, you know, who are upset that they pass and not saying anything. We get people who are upset because they don't know what to say. They're afraid they're going to lose their jobs. But here's what the Bible says. It says when you get the Holy Ghost, he's going to give you power. And part of that power is going to grant you boldness. It's going to grant you boldness. You know, the girl who said, who go check me, boo. Really, when the boldness of the Holy Spirit begins to rise up in you, you says, who go check me? The Holy Ghost. Right. You're not going to check me because I speak out against racism, but the Holy Spirit can check out how I speak out about racism. And it's interesting because I I love this because somebody just said, I'm not sure that rage is always unholy. we If rage leads you to sin and they, you know, people always use Jesus turning over the tables in the temple. Understand this, guys. Jesus very clearly says, I only do what the father tells me to do. So Jesus turns over the tables because the father tells him to. So when is so is rage? If you can't even hear God in your rage, you don't even have to ask whether it's unholy or not, because you can't agree. And rage and anger are not the same thing. That is why it is important that we systematically walk out the word and not just be led by our emotional responses. People always use, well, you know, Jesus turned over the tables. Jesus also told us that he only did what he saw the father do and he only said what he saw the father say. So is that your life? So I think that this is really important. All right. Now let's, let's, let me give you some definitions and some steps and we're almost done. So let's bring ourselves on the same page by using some definitions. When you look through these words, what does gospel mean? It means good news. So Jesus came to preach the good news. There is a, there is good news for people who are oppressed. Jesus cares about your oppression and there is a way to overcome. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I always want also want to make this one point about rage, too. You can always tell it's rage because after it's over, you crash. Pastor Edwin and I were talking yesterday about the number of people who get enraged and you can engage in this battle for three days and then you got a migraine for four days and now you can't eat and now you can't come back and, ooh, child, you tired. That, that's how you know you're not being led by the Spirit, even if your intentions are right. The Spirit has some endurance. How do you do this all day? One, we're not enraged. We're not getting our strength from our rage. All right. So gospel, good news. Anoint means to consecrate to an office and furnish with the power. So when the Bible says that Jesus was anointed, it means That God gave him not only an office, but the tools to do it. So the Holy Spirit is the office to do the work of God. He comes and rests on us and the tools to do it as well. What's a protest? Statement and actions that express disapproval or objection of something. So when I said, hey, the gospel is a protest, God was protesting the bondage of the enemy in the earth. He was like, yes, the world is under your control because of the sin, but I am coming to redeem them. I am protesting your right to oppress them like that. I'm protesting that. What is liberation? It is the act of setting someone free. He says, so I'm coming in a protest and I'm going to set people free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Oppression to exercise harsh control over. So he says, anytime you look at a system and you see that that system is oppressive, it's exercising harsh control over somebody, you can already know that God is interesting in dismantling that system. I'm gonna read Luke, not the whole thing, but Luke 18, 4, 18, one more time. The spirit of the Lord is up on me. Why? Because he has anointed me. He has consecrated me. He has given me the tools. He has smeared me with the power to preach the good news to the poor and to heal all of those who are are brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of the sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are bruised. We don't even have to ask. God, do you specifically care about sex trafficking? I can look and see, is it a system that oppresses and takes away the freedom of a group of people? All right, God, what do you want me to do about it? All right, now I want to give you all these practical steps. Practical steps. Is this making sense? And I'm just going to give you this as just as a sound principle to guide yourself. Even if what you are saying is right, but you have shut off your ability to hear from God, you are probably operating from the wrong place. I know as a person who's done it. As a person who's done it. So we had to learn. You know, it was probably a lot easier for Pastor Ellen than it was for me. He just typically is not a person who gets mad like that. But for me, I would get angry and I would just, ooh, it would just be so much My mind would be racing with the stuff I wanted to say. And and I could always tell when I get to that place because I start having posts that the Lord is constantly having to say, don't post that, delete that, don't post that, delete that. He's saying to me that, Sean, you're out of alignment with me. So now what I've learned to do is I say, God, I want to address this particular issue. How do you want me to say it? Sometimes I may make a post that it took me two days to put together because he keep going back up, back up, not that, not that. Because I want to represent his heart. Now, I want to give y'all some practical steps. Number one, you need to pray and fast. Number one, you need to pray and fast. We are not going to dismantle systems if we don't pray and fast. And one of the challenges for a lot of our activists is that our activists, and I'm not talking about non-Christian activists because that's, that's not my job to speak to how they do activism. But one of the big challenges for a lot of believers is they don't pray and fast. And because they don't pray and fast, they are passionate but ill-equipped. Prayer and fasting. Why? Luke 18, it says men ought to pray and, all, and my, ought to always pray and not think. Let's look at Luke 18. I know I didn't put that in the notes, but let's look at Luke, Luke 18. Luke 18 in the Message translation. I'm not gonna do it today, but I'm not gonna read that version. But one of my favorite scriptures it says she. You pray. It says um pray, he says there was a judge who did not regard God or people, but this woman was so persistent in her prayer, her petition, in her protest that he said in the message translation he says let me give her what she wants, lest she beat me black and blue. Here was a judge he had no regard for God. That's what scripture says. He had no regard for people. That's what scripture says but because this woman was so persistent, she was so willing, unwilling to be moved she said you are gonna give me my release he said let me give it to her unless she beat me black and blue how many of you got some kids they are so persistent about their request that you like listen here you just give it i'm just gonna give it to them instagram's going off that. um and so we're going to pray and fast in isaiah 58 it says this is the fast i have chosen this is the fast that I have sh- chosen. What? Just share the IG. Um, this is the fast I have chosen to break the bands of wickedness. How many of you can acknowledge that fasting is, I mean, that, um, that um, racism, systematic racism, is a wickedness that needs to be broken? But how many of us can say we fasted to get wisdom? we fasted. We've set the, before the Lord. Lord, you said that fasting breaks the band of wickedness. If you look at that, those were people that were being oppressed. He said fast to break the bands of wickedness. Number two, I got to choose to obey God. I got to choose to obey God. I have to understand that I'm going to see people. They're going to say things. They're going to do things. I'm going to get triggered. It's my responsibility to manage that. It's my responsibility to hear God and to obey God. It's my responsibility that when he tells me, and I don't think we realize how much the little things matter to God. I probably have five people who told me that the Lord told them that they needed to take a social media break. And those five people, I saw them every day on social media after they told me that. It seems like a light thing to be that undisciplined. But to be that undisciplined puts you at the the vulnerability. It puts you in a vulnerable state to be oppressed by the enemy. It's like if God says to you, hey... Only drink water for the next seven days. It seemed like a small thing, but it is our endurance, our discipline, our honor is built in our ability to obey God. So for those of you that God told you to get up on the social media fast, you might want to do that. And then what we do is when we don't practice obedience, we override what God said. And so we go, well, you know what? That was probably just me. Well, you wouldn't have told yourself to get off social media. You pick up your phone when you wake up. That's not what you would have told yourself obey God. Number three, build endurance. How do I build endurance? How do I build endurance? Consistently obeying God. I'm going to build my endurance consistently obeying God. Some of you need to say, God, I really want to address this on my social media page. What do you want me to say and how can I say it? What do you want me to say and how can I say it? Number four, see we about to get practical. You thought everything was gonna be stupid, um, go be spiritual. We gotta register to vote and then you actually gotta go vote. You have to register to vote and then you actually have to go vote. Not only are we going to pray, not only are we going to fast, not only are we going to obey God, not only are we going to build endurance, but we are actually going to go and vote. We're going to register and we're going to go vote. You are not too busy to vote. You are not. All the candidates ain't no good. Well, somebody got to be better than the other Register and go vote in local elections i don't know who the sheriff is in my town shame on you you know what beyonce last outfit was to a party how do you know beyonce outfit but you don't know who your sheriff is number five sow seeds of freedom sow seeds of freedom what do i mean sow seeds of freedom support bail relief and other organizations that fight for equality you may not be called to go protest you may be called to fund those who go protest. Martin Luther King was arrested, I think it was 29 times that he was arrested. Someone had to get him out of jail. He wasn't working a job. He was out there doing a the protest. So support organizations that fight for equality. So give money. I don't have a $20. Great. That $20 with other people $20 gets somebody out of jail for the misdemeanor of trespassing or loitering or whatever they get charged for, it gets them out of jail. You know, Maybe you want to say, I'm gonna make my I'm gonna match my Starbucks budget with sewing into these organizations. The NAACP Justice Defense Fund. And then for those of you who say none of those organizations do anything, maybe you're called to do something then. But what's a bad thing to do is that you don't give to anything, you don't support anything, you don't join anything, and then you talk about everything that everybody else does. Oh, this don't work, and this don't work, and this don't work. Well, then you just want to be the problem to every solution as opposed to trying to be a solution to a problem. Amen. Number seven, get comfortable being uncomfortable. I posted last night the, that the Montgomery bus, uh, the the Montgomery bus boycott lasted 382 days. For 382 days, 40,000 black people refused to get on the bus because they would not integrate the bus. They had to get uncomfortable. I think that for us, so many times we're like, I protested about this. I wore a Black Lives Matter shirt. I put a sign in my line, my yard for two days. Now you are tired. That goes back to what? Four, three, build some endurance. And number seven, you got to take good care of yourself. That's why we do a lot of work on breathing, casting your care, moving your body. To say to you guys today, if anybody has questions, people have asked us so many times. What (laughs) are. Pastor Edward just told me, keep going. Um, It looks like, is your video stopped? It looks like my video is stopped. All right, Instagram, y'all are still there. Listen, we're paused over here on Facebook. I I heard that y'all might want to tell them. Tell them we're coming back. You need to stop me going started again. Oh, no, it looks like it came back. Okay, are we back on Facebook? Okay, it looks like we're back. They say it's back. We got people who watch both, both places, so they help. All right, so, you know, The last thing I'll say, because Pastor Edwin told me to keep talking, You can just do all of the he told me here. the last thing that I'll say to you is this: We may not all fight this the same way, but we need to be honorable to each other. I, I don't. I used to be aggravated because pastors didn't speak out the way I spoke out. Or what if that ain't the way of what God told him to do? It's not my job to sit in the seat and judge whether they're scared to judge whatever they is. It's my job to do what I'm actually called to do. And so what I would say to you is that if you find yourself always being frustrated because you're at places, churches, organizations that don't support your interests, the question is, are you just a person who likes being a problem for every solution? Why would you? Here's a good example. Years ago, our church doesn't have Sunday school. One of the reasons that our church doesn't have Sunday school is because we're such a teaching ministry. You know, we're always I mean, how many scriptures did y'all get today? We're a teaching ministry. A lot of our work is done in the concept of teaching because Edwin is a teacher, right? This lady comes to church and she's aggravated that we don't have Sunday school. So for a while, she goes to Sunday school at another church and then comes to our church. But every week she wants to talk about why we don't have Sunday school. Well, we've already decided this. we don't believe the Sunday school that not that Sunday school doesn't have value, but God, that's not what God told us to do in order to do it, right? so now even though she has a good idea she's actually an enemy to the vision of god at fellowship of champions because she is now trying to decide how we should do what god told us to do do you see what i'm saying so if you find yourself always being mad at your pastor at somebody else because they're not doing what you think they should be doing then either you need to be doing something or you need to find a place Because many times we want other people to do the work so we don't have to get in the party. So that's what I'm going to tell you. So we want to be honorable. We want to be honorable. Everybody doesn't have, we don't always have to, we don't always have to divide. And that. And if we stay in love, we don't have to divide that way. Hey, that may be your contribution. You may work from the inside. I may work from the outside. I may say things. Even Pastor Ellen and I, if you look at the language that we use, we don't always use the same language to address the same issue. But it doesn't mean that we aren't both making progress. And so some of you really need to work on that because you don't walk in love. You're so easily offended all the time every time someone doesn't do it the way you think they should do it. Um, who did that just help? So wh- what I want to do is we want to take authority over the spirit of offense. So if you know you have struggled with offense, this the offense against white people, offense against white people who are silent, offense against black people who don't respond the way you think they should, offense against corporations, offense against the president. You need to release that offense because the Bible says that offense leads to strife. And where there is strife, there is every evil work. You cannot be honorable when you are in offense think about it. If you get offended with your husband, with your wife, with your kids, you cast off restraints. You say whatever you want to say and move how you want to move. That's not how God is calling us to be. I want to, okay, so Pastor Ellen said he just wants me to do the offering. I want to challenge you to give this morning. I know we good ground. Fellowship of Champions is good ground. Um, doing this um, doing this um, particular COVID, this shelter in place, this quarantine, We have um, continued to raise money for our scholarship fund. We have been able to keep all of our people on payroll. We um, have taken care of people who needed their rent paid and other things. We know that we are good ground. And what I would challenge you to do is that if you are a blessing, I mean, if this ministry is a blessing to you, if something helped you today, even if you don't have the five dollars, you ought to sold that $5 to be like, man, listen, I want to support the work that they are doing, right? I want to support the work that they are doing. They're going to show the different ways that you can give. One of my favorite ways is text to give. You just text the word give to the number 833-969-0897. Again, you can text the word give to 833-969-0897. And I also want to say this, guys. Please, to whoever this is to, take this and hear this. Stop expecting your pastors to be men strict. Stop expecting your pastors to be men strict. It's unfair to them and it's unfair to us. If we're your pastors, come on and connect and let this be your church. If this is just a place where you get supplementally fed, then get supplementally fed. But when these issues come up, stop pitting us against your pastors because it doesn't doesn't help build unity when people are like, oh, ain't nobody speaking up with Sean and L. Well, first of all, I'm sure there's somebody else speaking up, but two, nobody likes to be compared to anybody else. I love this. People are saying they release the offense. They release the offense. Um, somebody said, Serena said she loved text to give. But I really, does that make sense to y'all? And I want to do this one thing since Pastor Edwin isn't coming back. Can it does anybody have any questions about what I taught today? Because we got a few minutes, we can manage some questions. We real good on time. We've been going two hours real strong, but we're gonna get out of here. So, um, so please stop trying to hold your pastors to our assignment. You know, we just happen to both be, we told you that even in our marriage, we was aggressive, aggressive toward each other. So we don't have any problem getting out here doing it. We believe it's the assignment that the Lord has given us. It doesn't mean we have to attack the people who don't do what we do. So you can give on Tigerly, you can give on GiveLify, you can give on PushPay, you can text to give. And does anyone have any questions about today's message? I want to challenge you this week to give to one of the funds particularly in a bail fund if you can a lot of non-violent people people who did not loot who did not riot they were actually um, arrested and they need funds to get out and i have a link on my website so that you can use it to give oh they said fellowship champions foc parents don't forget Don't forget to do your Victory Zone lessons with your kids. We have now added that as a component so that our kids are getting lessons and your teens have access to the Ignite lesson. Parents, we got teens here, so we had to print the lesson off and then they're going to work on the lesson and then they're going to all meet in Zoom because they need something different than the kids do. But we're trying to take care of everybody at every level. I just want to pray for you guys and then we're going to get out of here because it doesn't seem like anybody has any questions. All right. So if you want to accept Jesus as your personal Savior, you can do that today. If you are like, man, I really need to rededicate my life to the Lord, you can do that today. If you want to be a virtual partner, you can do that today. I, we're going to pray the prayer of salvation. There may be somebody watching who needs to accept Jesus. What do you have to do to be saved? It's real simple. You have to believe that you needed a Savior. And you have to believe that God set up for Jesus to be that Savior. And that Jesus took your sins. So you've got to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. So if you want to do that today, this is just a simple prayer that you pray. Father, I believe that I am a sinner in need of saving and that you have sent Jesus to deal with my sin issue and restore me back to the family of God. I believe in the work that Jesus has done. I accept them in my heart. And today I confess with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord. And if you believe that in your heart, it doesn't now mean you're going to be perfect. You're going to do everything right. But if you believe that and are now willing to say, Lord, I'll really submit my life to you based on what I believe. You've accepted Jesus as your personal savior. I love it. Ebony said, very good teaching. I just had to delete a comment this morning that God told me not to post. All right. Well, we love you guys. um, And y'all have a great week manage yourself on social media, stay in love, listen to this message again, share it with somebody who will be blessed by it. Come to prayer on Tuesday night. We'll be praying for justice and freedom to, and liberation to reign. Um, come to Refresh Bible Study on Friday, on Wednesday night, taught by Pastor Ralph, our associate pastor, man. He's doing a good job of teaching. He's continuing to talk about how important it is for us to obey God. And then come back next Sunday for Kristen in worship and us here teaching. And get involved, but get involved in a way that honors God. We love y'all. Have a great week. We'll see you soon.